This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome into episode number 15 of At The Turn. I am Joe. Nick, how are you today? Joe, I'm great. I started my day watching Tiger Woods play the Sunday of a golf tournament. So uh, what could be better? Yeah, we're going to focus primarily on Tiger's return to golf. Objectively successful return to golf. Nick, we're going we're gonna to talk about this in many different ways, but I want to start with the way that we did not prepare for, because I like catching you off guard. What color was Tiger's shirt today? It was kind of pink. Not red. And uh, my wife actually walked into the living room this morning and goes, why is he wearing pink? Isn't he, isn't he supposed to wear red on Sundays? <laughs> yeah, it was really so. weird. Uh, the internet was calling it fuchsia. Uh, it was definitely a pinkish hue. It definitely wasn't red. So I don't really know... I mean, Tiger can't be planning his own shirts, right? Someone at Nike had to say this was the shirt Tiger's going to wear on Sunday, I'd imagine. Tiger takes what color shirt to wear. <laughs> whatever, whatever color shirt Tiger wants to wear, he wears it. And I, I want to wear a redder shirt. He'd be wearing a redder shirt. <laughs> you know, my initial reaction was maybe he was, like, giving a jab to Patrick Reed, who, like, wears his outfit based, you know, like, he picked up the, the tiger thing and wears, wears red, you know, and he's like, well, I don't want to look like Patrick out here, so I'm going to I'm gonna throw a little curveball. That, that was my take. I don't know if that's based on anything or not, but that's what I thought. Well, Tiger can rest assured there's nothing Patrick Reed does that is Tiger Woods-like, so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's, there really is any, any reason for uh, LT Gray to be concerned. But, Nick, you wanted to have a one-word reaction to Tiger's performance at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. It just wrapped up a couple hours ago. What one word comes to mind when you saw Tiger play today? Concerned, Joe. I was watching him play, and 
I'm just concerned. I, I'm not confident that he can swing that hard for an extended amount of time. Like I was definitely impressed. He's he's he looks fantastic. Nothing didn't look great to me. I mean, obviously he had a couple of hiccups here and there, but I just looked at how hard he's swinging and that power has to come from somewhere in his body and everywhere in his body has been worn down before. I was I was half expecting to see like a swing that looked like it was slow motion, got out there, you know, like a chunk behind the long hitters and he was just hitting longer irons and, and finding different ways. We've talked about it before. We expected him to find different ways to make good scores, not be driving par fours and making eagle putts, you know, on, on <laughs> these bombs. So I think he's swinging really hard, and I'm a little concerned that um, he, he, this might not hold up. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, I hope he's he's here to stay. My word is excited. I am so excited about this. I have poo-pooed Tiger many times on this podcast. I wanted to see it. And even though you're right, there were a lot of aggressive swings. Tiger really ripping it. Long irons, ripping it with drivers. Obviously, like you said, he drove the par four and made the eagle putt today. Even though I agree with you, it is a little concerning how hard he is swinging. It just was great to see him play this way. Now, last year at this tournament, he made a lot of birdies, but it wasn't the same sort of comfortability as we saw this year. There wasn't a moment where he winced. There wasn't a moment where you thought, oh, gosh, Tiger just really does not look like the old Tiger. Now, his swing looked different. We're not going to break down a swing. His swing certainly looked different than it did in 2000, but Tiger's 41. He should have a different swing than he had when he was 21 years old and taking a rip at it in the 97 Masters. But I'm just excited, Nick. This was a really fun tournament. Uh, I was I was texting with you a lot while it was going on, and I'm not going to go crazy and say it felt like a major championship, but it definitely felt like the most important golf tournament that had taken place in probably... I don't know, sense a major, you know, with Tiger playing so good throughout the week, it just sort of elevates the profile of this event. The internet lost its mind the entire time it was going on. Ricky flirted with a 59 today. He shot 61 pretty easily, too, to win the tournament. It was just the most fun I've had watching a golf tournament, probably since the British Open when Jordan Spieth won that. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say this was bigger than the PGA Championship. Uh, I mean, Tiger's return in and of itself is is going to make it huge. Um, the fact that he was playing so well and doing so many flashy things was awesome. Gets everybody giddy. And then you add in the field, you've got Spieth, you've got Ricky Fowler, you know, basically on the on the cusp of 59 since he started with seven birdies. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, how low is he going to go? Um, so you've got, the, you've got the good field. You know, you've got the Tiger factor. You've got him. You know, it wasn't like is he going to chunk his next chip? It was like, how close is he going to hit this? You know, how, how short is his birdie putt going to be? He made a ton of birdies. Uh, it, it was awesome. It was super exciting. The one thing that he really did not do well, which we saw during his, you know, most recent two or three comeback attempts, his chipping is still pretty bad. He Now, I will say a lot of the field did struggle with chipping. The greens were... Um, laid out in a way where it looked like it was difficult to chip a lot of elevated greens chipping off of down slopes. Um, I think Charlie Hoffman, who led most of the way, used a three wood to sort of chip a lot of the time because it was such the doing a flop shot was such a low percentage. Um, so I found that to be very interesting. But Tiger did not chip well in this tournament. And I think that is probably a lot of rust on his part, which is why the short game wasn't great. His putting looked really good. And his wedge play looked, I would say, above average. And obviously, he was striking the ball well. It's just the little stuff. And you hope that'll come back. 
as he lays out his tournament schedule for next year. But I have to say, considering the last conversation that we had about Tiger a month ago to where we are today, I am shocked and I am just really excited that we're in a place where we're legitimately thinking about Tiger and what form he's going to be in going into Augusta. And is he going to play Torrey Pines this year? And <laughs> another cool wrinkle, I thought about this today, Nick. I don't think Tiger Woods, he, he may have one more year of eligibility from his most recent U.S. Open win, but you don't get lifetime exemptions for the U.S. Open. There's a scenario in which Tiger Woods has to try to go out and qualify for the U.S. Open this year. I could be off. It could be a year off, but that could be something that we see. And just all these sorts of possibilities just have me so excited for next year in golf. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I, the Masters can't come soon enough. I mean, that's like basically all I really care about now is um, like, wow, he played awesome. He's looking great. Obviously, he's got his sights set on Augusta every single year. So, so that can't come soon enough. The one thing I will say about his chipping, um, it wasn't good, but it was better than the last time it was bad. Yeah, uh, when it was just like you couldn't watch. It was so bad. Um, and also, I mean, it was. Partially, I will say the course. I mean, Charlie Hoffman, I, mean, I think that's a good example. He was using a, a three-wood or a hybrid um, from from the fringe or from off the green pretty much the whole week. So I think that just shows that it wasn't normal conditions around the green. So I'll give him a, you know, a little bit of a pass on that. We'll see. I'm sure he'll go home and work on it. Um, but Tiger's back, Joe. One of the more encouraging signs, and we'll, and we'll move <laughs> forward a little bit in the discussion. We could say Tiger's back and not be talking about it. <laughs> A body part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tiger is back instead of it's Tiger's back. The this this may sound silly, but the round that encouraged me the most about Tiger going forward is the third round. So he really lit it up on the front nine, the first, second, and fourth days. I think he shot thirty one today. He shot thirty one on Friday and was a couple under on Thursday. So you're like, wow, what is he doing? Yesterday was a really tough day. I think the lowest score was 70. So the whole field struggled. It wasn't like Tiger played especially bad considering the conditions of the course. The wind was really gusting. Tiger went out in 40. And when Tiger was at his peak, Tiger always turned a terrible round into a decent round. Now, he didn't do it to the degree that he usually did. I mean, Tiger would turn a 74 into a 69 in the blink of an eye when he was in his prime. And that's really what allowed him to get so far ahead of other people. He turned that one bad round into a decent round and dominate the rest of the tournament. So he didn't really do that here. I think he shot a 74 or a 75, but he turned a round that could have been a 77, 78 into a round that was only a couple over par, and that was really, really encouraging. Tiger's ability to get off to the slow start, which he has a tendency to do, and then bounce back a little bit. Right, exactly. And nobody had four rounds in the 60s in this entire tournament. The, the low round yesterday was 70, and I think only two guys shot 70. So... Mm -hmm. um, it's not like he was getting laughed by the field. Yeah, he dropped a few strokes, but um, he still hung in there. And um, I mean, obviously, he wasn't going to catch the leaders of the way Ricky was playing today, but um, he was in it, you know. And I think he made bogey on his last two holes of the tournament to finish, you know, tied for ninth out of 18. Um, so I, I mean, I was surprised to see him make those last two bogeys. Um, you'd, you'd like to see him finish strong and kind of like put an exclamation mark on it, but. Um, yeah, you know, one one bad round. I mean, he had three good rounds, and, and you know, he made a bad made a bad round on the toughest day when nobody else was really going low. So I think uh, all positive signs. Yeah, and you mentioned that he was in the hunt. He hit a three wood from what two seventy to like fifteen feet and drained an eagle putt to take the sole lead for like five minutes on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I almost I almost like just told my boss 
sorry, I got to go home the rest of the day. Tiger needs me. I have to focus on this and nothing else. It was just so exciting. And it just proves, like, you know, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Rory, all those guys, they're very, very exciting. Ricky, you know, Sergio to a lesser degree, but they're very, very exciting. But Tiger Woods leads for one moment in a tournament that matters 0% in December, <laughs> and it's the most important golf moment of the year. I mean, it, there's just nothing you can compare to it. No, it's on another level, for sure. So, Nick, um, something that was really fun to follow, fun may be a wrong word, sadistic is probably more appropriate, the <laughs> Masters odds for Tiger Woods to win. Y- you were telling me a bit, a, a bit about this. Do you want to go through this for the folks? Yeah, so I think when... Um the odds for the Masters opened, like whenever, you know, for the 2018 Masters open, Tiger was 100 to 1, um, which is, you know, people weren't even thinking he was going to play in this tournament. So they're like, okay, there's no way I would take that. That sounds pretty good right now, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because he's, he's, we've seen him swing a golf club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he announced he was going to play in the Hero, uh, and people were started talking that, you know, he's looking good, and, you know, they, they saw him play, and he's hitting it a long ways, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't buying any of that stuff. At that point, before the start of the tournament, 50 to 1. Okay, like, starting to take it seriously. Tiger might be back. That's so funny. Justin Thomas tweeting about how, how well Tiger Woods has hit the ball. Like, slashed his odds in half. That's how, that's how scared <laughs> Vegas is of Tiger. Yeah. Um, the first round, Tiger goes out and shoots 69. <laughs> I saw, or was it 68 and then 69? I think it was 69-68. 69-68, yeah. So then his odds cut in half again. After the first <laughs> round, he was 25 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> then he backs that up with another round in the 60s, a 68, 15 to 1 after round two. So in the matter of like, you know, from the start of the tournament to after Friday's round, it went from 50 to 1 to 15 to 1. And from the start of the <laughs> Masters opening, it went from 100 to 1 to 15 to 1. So uh, some pretty incredible odds that I haven't seen what they are, you know, since the conclusion of the tournament. But uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Justin Rose, the Brit who lost in the playoff to Sergio last year at last year's Masters, who has finished, I think, in the top 10 in his last eight tournaments. He won, like, three of those tournaments. He's 15-1 to 1 to win the Masters. Like, that's how good the competition is at that level of odds to win the Masters, and Tiger Woods is already there. Like, okay, I'm not going to bet against Tiger Woods, but that's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy, for sure. <laughs> and Jordan Spieth is the favorite, uh, as he should be, at 7-1 uh, to 1 right now to win at Augusta in 2018. Nick, um, well, let's let's get to his jump in the official World Golf Rankings before we cover the uh, the, the last aspect of this I want to talk about. Yeah, so, yeah speaking of all these remarkable <laughs> jumps over the last few days, you want to take this one? Yeah, so um, we we tweeted out before the week, there's there's a really good Twitter account, and the name escapes me right now, but it does a good job with the different... <laughs> at the turn pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is at the turn pod. Uh we retweeted something about um, the official World Golf rankings. And, you know, Tiger, if he, if he wins the Hero World Challenge, the field is so strong. If Tiger won this event, he would go from 1,199th in the world to in the top 200 because you have so many great players. I mean, you had, you know, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Kuchar, Rose. You know, all these heavy hitters make up this only 18-person field. So yeah, they have to be ranked in the top 50 uh, to be a to be invited to the tournament. Obviously, Tiger has an exemption from his committee of one. But, uh, yeah, just to clarify. So, yeah, 
to show how strong the field is. Yeah, so even though it is not it is not an official PGA Tour event, because you have so many of the best players in the world to win against that sort of field and to have such a <laughs> I guess Tiger is exempt from that rule. to have someone who is in the position of Tiger, if he won against such a strong field, his ranking would shoot through the roof. Even if Tiger finished dead last, if he finished 18th out of 18th in this tournament, he still would have climbed in the top 1,000 in the world. So, Nick, you you put this in here. So, Tiger is going to move from 1,199th in the world to 659th in the world. Is that correct? That's what I that's what I read after the end of the tournament. I mean, that's that's kind of educated, you know, they use a formula, right? But it might not be exactly 659, so I don't want to see any lawsuits tomorrow morning when the when they officially come out. But yeah, it projected to be at 659 tomorrow. So basically, jumped his world ranking in half. Yeah. So, and it was funny. I, I saw something that at the start of the tournament, he was his rank was closer to Steph Curry's, which is like 1900 or something in the world, than it was to Dustin Johnson's. So wait a minute. Okay, so we had talked about this. If Steph yeah. Curry would get an official World Golf ranking, I I laughed you off as as if that was not even a consideration. So, are you saying that Steph Curry has an official World Golf ranking right now? I read a tweet that <laughs> Steph Curry's golf ranking was like nineteen hundred and something, and Tiger was closer to being ranked to Steph Curry than he was Dustin Johnson. Okay, starting this week, I'm not saying that's not a thing, but that also that also sounds made up. So I'm gonna have to look look into that. Well, I, I'm going to. OWGR.com yeah. right now. Check, <laughs> check it out. Page this leaderboard. While you're doing this research, while, while you're doing this research, I'm going to posit this. Um, you know, during during Tiger's prime at the Masters, 97 to 2005, um, he really didn't have anybody who was someone who took him on at the Masters. Like, there... All of his battles are kind of with no-name people, right? You know, he had Rocco Mediate at the 2008 U.S. Open, took him into a playoff. Bob May back at the 2000 PGA Championship took him into a playoff. Um, really kind of obscure, off-the-beaten-path people. Uh, I think Chris DeMarco lost to Tiger in a playoff at the Masters at some point. But like David Duvall, Vijay Singh, Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Tiger's big contemporaries when he was in his prime, never really took him on toe-to-toe at Augusta and beat him. So under the premise of Tiger Woods, let's say he has six to seven more years of pretty high level competitive golf, him being 41, kind of when you get into the late forties, it kind of wears off. You kind of see Phil going through that right now. He's kind of 47, 48 ish. So what player would you most want to see Tiger Woods go toe to toe with at Augusta during this twilight of his prime if he is able to get to that level. Nick, did I burn enough time for you to look up Steph Curry's official World Golf ranking? Yeah, I, I had it about three minutes ago. <laughs> it is officially no 1,928. No way, really? Yes, it is. Wow. So, all I have to do is miss the cut in a Web.com tour event <laughs> and I'm in the top yeah. 2,000. Yeah, he has, it says uh, his events played is one, so that's, that's all he did. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That is amazing. I'm yeah. I'm actually very surprised to you hear that. Joe, he went up from last <laughs> week. He was 1937. This week he's 1928. So he's, you know, it's because other people ahead of him are, who also have one event, their event was two years ago and it's now not counting towards them. So I'm oh, sure I that's see. exactly what's happening. Yeah, man. Okay. So, well, that just shows if he official... plays in another event or if he plays in it again, <laughs> it could go up even more. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, I'm going to put a little less stock in the official World Golf ranking that I did prior to the show. That's um, <laughs> that's what you take out of that. That's that's my takeaway. But Nick, uh, going going back to the the premise, what current superstar do you most want to see take on Tiger in this? Um, hopefully, hopefully he gets to this point of like this little post post prime prime. Uh, I mean, it, it, I think it's got to be Jordan Spieth. Yeah, um, he's kind of the. The, the poster boy of this young generation when you, you hear it a million times when you watch golf like ooh all this young generation you know like Jordan Spieth is the leader of all that they're the guy you know he's the guy that they're really that this is kind of focused on I mean obviously there's other guys Justin Thomas uh, Dustin Johnson would be fun to watch him go against um, Ricky Fowler is, is kind of that young generation core also but I mean I think Jordan Spieth is the the real um, he's the guy in that group and you want to see a young versus old kind of kind of matchup i mean it would be really fun to see tiger and phil you know and in sunday at at augusta it'd be fun to see tiger tiger and sergio but i think what the world needs to see is to tiger for tiger to take it to these young guys yeah and you're right spieth is the answer because and i'm not saying this this doesn't exist but you hear justin thomas um you hear rory they really gush over Tiger, and I mean, he's Tiger. We gush over Tiger on a weekly basis when he posts something stupid on social media, so I get it. But you never really hear Jordan Spieth come out and um, talk about Tiger in the same way these other guys do. And I think Jordan Spieth kind of has the mindset of, you know what? Tiger Woods is amazing, and he's probably the reason that Jordan Spieth got into golf, but also, like, bring it on, Tiger, because I'm the best in the world at making a putt that, that matters right now. And that's what you were, but I'm that guy now. And he's won three majors. And I just feel like if we can get Spieth and Tiger, not even in the final group of the Masters on a Sunday, but just paired together, both in the hunt, that would be appointment viewing at its finest in golf. It's, it's Jordan Spieth. Yeah, that, that would be fun to watch. Now, someone who bombs it, like DJ or Rory, I feel like that would almost be problematic for Tiger. I feel like that pairing would almost help Tiger in a way just because of the way Jordan Spieth plays golf, right? Jordan, he's not a short hitter, but he's an average length hitter, and he just is the best iron player in the world and the best clutch putter in the world. And I think that would help Tiger because if he gets with DJ, who's hitting driver nine iron into these par fives at Augusta, I still think that may mess with Tiger's head a little bit. I could be wrong, but... You kind of saw that a little bit on Saturday with the really aggressive swings. So I feel like Tiger playing with someone like Spieth would probably help. Or do you think I'm reading too much into that? I I think you're reading too much into that. I mean, Hmm. he played with Justin Thomas for two out of the four days in this tournament. And people were just couldn't stop talking about how um, he was out driving Justin Thomas, his ball speed. God, I've never heard people talk about ball speed. Oh, I know. Get get over it. When did apparently 180 mile an hour ball speed is the new benchmark and tiger woods is yeah. above that and, i mean gosh i've seen so many graphics now about how many guys didn't have 180 mile an hour ball speed all of last year and you know like <laughs> bill nicholson and on that list or whatever you know and it's like okay that's probably taking it too far but i, I think the point is um he's not really backing down and and he's not just gonna you know plop it out there 240 250 and in you know find ways to make pars and birdies. He's he's going to hit it long and hit it close and, and tap it in. I and mean, that's still the way he's, he's thinking. 
let's briefly touch on Ricky since he did have such a good round today. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, yeah. Wait, huh? This wasn't a one-person tournament. <laughs> no, Ricky, he, he birdied the first seven holes. He went out in 28 today. And when when Ricky was lighting up the course and Tiger was making eagles on par fours, like, you know, this is an NFL Sunday. Usually I'm glued to the red zone and I don't really care what else is going on. I watched no football today. It, it was all golf this morning, it, and it was the most fun I've had watching sports, like I said, since the British Open. It felt like I was watching the British Open, and this was a nothing tournament in December. That just shows you uh, the the power of Tiger. But let's let's get to Ricky real quick. Um, I know we'll talk more about the 2018 season when we get into the Hawaii season in about a month and do the Tournament of Champions and all that fun stuff out your way. But you think Ricky is is primed to win a major this year? I mean, he's been primed to win a major for for a while. I mean, we've been talking about this since this since the birth of this podcast. You know, I feel like yeah, it's been all a those theme. many like, months oh, ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, it's been almost a year. You know, True. we've been talking. Ricky's going to win a major anytime now, and um, he's certainly capable. He certainly do. Um, you know, he talked about it today in his post round interview. He's like, I just need to, uh, you know, put put that Sunday round together when I'm in when I'm in position. So. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to happen for sure. I mean, you still got to go out there and do it and beat 150 other world-class golfers. And, um, he hasn't done it yet, but he's certainly capable. He's good enough. He is. Uh, well that, that'll wrap up the tiger talk portion, unless you have anything else, Nick on tiger. Uh, not, not at the moment, but you know, more to come. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, we have some fun stuff coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, some, Quick Phil Mickelson news, and I played in a very interesting golf tournament the other weekend. We'll tell you about that right after this. Joe, it's the holiday season. If anybody is looking for a perfect gift for the golfer in their life, look no further than vicegolf.com. You can get balls. I've got some vice golf gloves coming my way. Yeah. A cool towel design I can't wait to see. Um, Get stocked up on all your golf stuff for 2018 for the favorite golfer in your life or for yourself if you want to get a little something for yourself too. And type in promo code TURN, T-U-R-N, at checkout and you'll be rewarded with free shipping. All right, Nick. Phil Mickelson picks his caddy and he's a Mickelson, his brother. Phil is going to go with his brother is it Tim? <laughs> I think it's Tim. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's Phil Sounds Mickelson's right. brother. And he took over for Phil during the summer uh, when him and Bones amicably split up his longtime caddy, Jim McKay, who, by the way, was wonderful on the broadcast of the Hero World Golf Challenge. I don't know if you you actually watched a lot of this one, Nick. Um, I did. His, he, he, was, yeah. he, he was very good. Yeah, Bones was awesome. And it's one of the first times I've watched, maybe the first time I've watched significant amount of a tournament with bones uh you know giving us the the details it was it was fun to watch and it was fun to hear him and and just knowing how many times i've watched bones and watched um his conversations like how in-depth he goes with phil or used to go with phil um so hearing him bring it to the viewer was was pretty awesome and uh not to get too far off track joe but i gotta throw a shout out to the in-laws who uh who played a key role in helping me watch the tournament this week so um yeah Thanks to the O'Briens back in Connecticut. Thanks, O'Briens. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so Phil is going with his brother is his caddy permanently. Phil's brother, we're going to call him Tim Mickelson. 
again, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it probably matters to him. It doesn't matter to us. Um, he was the manager. This sounds like a great job to me, first of all. He was the manager for John Rahm. John Rahm, who I think was the rookie of the year, both on the European Tour and the PGA Tour, won millions of dollars and seemingly has an incredibly bright future. He's like this monster of a 22-year-old Spaniard who hits the ball a mile. He made like a 60-foot eagle putt early in last season to win his first tournament. He won at the end of the year on the European Tour. He's an absolute stud. So I don't know about that move. I mean, how, how, how much longer does Phil have as a pro golfer at the highest level? A couple years? I don't know. I know it's his brother, but yeah, I'd rather manage yeah. John Rahm. Well, Joe, you know, if Tim Nicholson was the head coach at Arizona State, and John Rahm played for, for Tim at Arizona State, um, and then he left that to become John Rahm's manager. Obviously, he did a good job, <laughs> whatever yeah. a manager for a golfer does. Um, so it's not like Phil's just given a job to somebody who needs a job. Um, obviously somebody you trust, but Tim's been around. I hope it's Tim because we're dropping that name quite a bit. I'm going to look. Uh, Keep going. Um, he's been around golf forever. You know, like I said, he was the coach at Arizona State. Um, so seems like somebody he trusts. I, I think it's a good move. I'm sure that that the brother of Phil has got his motives for wanting to uh, be on the bag for his brother. It's Tim. Um, it is Tim, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tim. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think it's weird when they're like, "Oh, it's it's their brother-in-law," and I feel like I feel like that went down because like the wife was like, "Hey, man, you got to give my brother a job. Like, you need to, <laughs> you know, he needs to be on your bag," and it's like kind of forced into it. But totally. No, Tim. Tim's not that kind. It's not that kind of situation. You know, he's well versed in golf. He's been around it forever. Um, I'm sure it's a good move for Phil. He's a very calculated guy, so he's not just doing it on a whim. I'm sure. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um. Nick, I had I had a really interesting uh, time last weekend. Uh, it was a tournament I played at a local golf course that I've played many many times. Shouts out to uh, Rose City Golf Course, beautiful old course in Portland, tree lined, wonderful course. The tournament was a one club tournament, and it's not one club with your putter. It's one club for the entirety of the tournament. So I decided, you know what? Let's do this. It's only fifty bucks. You get some world-famous chili afterward. Great way to kill three, four hours. And I kind of thought my golf season was over. I, I usually take this, you know, four-month period and don't really pick up a club. But I thought, eh, why not? It's not supposed to rain. It's going to be kind of a nice day. Let's do it. So I decided to go with my 7-iron. Okay. You know, you posted that poll on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, did did the people decide seven iron, or did you go against the people? I went against the people. I actually I, I didn't oh, even put I didn't oh. I didn't even put seven iron as an option. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know I put fairway wood and I think uh, five iron, eight iron, and then like a three iron. And the people said five iron, and I went with the seven iron. So there 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 are not a lot of long par fours in the course, which was my concern because you figure on par fives. Really, no matter what club you have, you're going to have three whacks at it, and you're probably going to be on the green. All the par fives are 500 or, or, or shorter. And the par threes, the longest one, I think, is like 180. So I, I really had to step on to a, a seven iron to get it there. But it's not as though I would be giving up strokes on the par fives or par threes. And on the par fours, you know, there are some where I'd probably be a little bit short, but if I hit two good shots, I'd be close enough to give it a chance. 
So mm-hmm. I went with the seven iron, and the first hole was a par five. I went seven iron, seven iron, <laughs> and like, you know, kind of a, a light seven iron from 120. I put it to the back of the green, and then I, I, I had to putt. So that was one of my biggest concerns with using such a lofted club was how I was going to putt. And I did practice quite a bit the day before, and if you can imagine this, so, you know, there's a play off the green that you can do sometimes when you're kind of up against the collar of rough. It's not really a chip. It's not really a putt. You kind of raise the blade of the wedge to the equator of the golf ball, and you kind of use a putting stroke on top of it to kind of almost top the ball, but you intentionally bounce it to get it through like long rough. You know, you're, you're essentially blading a wedge. So that was the tactic that I took with the seven iron, and it was pretty rough at first. I three putt the first green. Um, I actually made like a four footer for par in the second hole. So I thought, all right, we're going to get it going. I, I, I won't take you through the entirety of the round, um, but it was a really, really fun format. I ended up shooting a 92 uh, on my 17th hole. I actually rolled in like a 40 footer for par. It was, pretty, what? yeah, it, it was, it was, it was like a big bender too. It was, it was pretty nuts. Um, no birdies. I think I hit like four or five greens, but you know, it was one of those tournaments where the score was almost irrelevant. Like, it was just a really cool experience, and I was talking with the guys that I got paired with. Next time I'm in trouble, I'm probably going to go to my 7-iron because I have, like, 12 different shots that I can play with my 7-iron now, you know? I yeah. have, like, an 80-yard shot. I have, like, a 120-yard shot. I have to hit it right to left, left to right. Like, it forces you to be really, really creative in ways that you wouldn't normally be during a round of golf, and that's what really appealed to me about it is, you know— you get into golf tournaments, and sometimes it can be, monotonous isn't the right word, because golf's always fun, but you're always playing the same style. And to do something a little bit different was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And putting was kind of my, I personally, I got to be honest, I voted for five wood. I saw that you put that on there. Oh, really? I was thinking to myself, uh, I know you can hit it a long way, and I figure you can just, like, punch them up you know, onto the green if you're like 100 yards away, you know, maybe two hop it on. And a lot of guys use woods from like, you know, within 20 yards of the green anyways. And I thought it might give you a better chance on the green. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought like versatility wise, I was worried about giving too many away, too many strokes away on the green. Um, so that's why I voted for, for seven or for uh, five wood personally. But yeah, I think the green was where when, when I saw you were doing this was where I was like, the most intrigued to see how it would go. So was, it's fun to hear that you rolled a 40 footer. in. Yeah. I <laughs> but, mean, um, yeah, that sounds like, I, I hope I get the chance to do some stuff like that, but, um, it, it definitely sounds like a lot of fun. No, I mean, we, we really should just do a nine holer that way. And you know, it's, it's a really cool format to do with buddies. I play with three really close friends and they were just giving each other, you know, guff the whole time. And it was just, it was a really fun group to play with as well, which I think added to the fun. Um, one, what clubs did your buddies use, by, by uh, out of curiosity? Yeah, so one one guy used like a five hybrid, which is, you know, a, a five iron replacement. One guy mm. used a four wood and one guy used a three wood. And I, if I had to do it again, having gone through the process, I would probably use a six iron instead of a seven iron just to get a little more length off the tee. Um, but I still think going with a short to mid iron is the way to go. Just because there were so many like 80 to 120 yard shots, and that's so yeah. much easier to do, even with a six or seven iron than a three wood, because you're basically bouncing it up with a three wood. Yeah. What, once I got the feel down of what like a hundred yard shot should be with my seven iron, I could I I I was saving a stroke or two 
per hole against my playing partners because it was so difficult for them to gauge what to do with a three wood from 60 <laughs> yards. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you can basically take a golf swing, you know, of some of some kind on every shot rather than just like punching like a long putting stroke with a three wood from 60 yards. Yeah, and awkwardly. Fr- frankly, I think I think I would have shot a much better round and 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 felt better about my decision to use the seven iron. I I actually a lot of my fun, <laughs> I missed a lot of fairways, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's kind of surprising. I know. Um it was it was weird because the first two I hit really well, and then I sort of got the mentality of like, you know, starting to feel too overconfident. Like, all right, I'm just gonna hit like this 30 yard hook and get like 20 more yards on it, and then I couldn't stop hitting hooks, and then I was like fighting my swing, so it got a little walky in the middle of the round. Um, but no, I I do think like a mid short iron was the way to go, at least for me. Um, but. I just can't recommend it enough. If, if if folks have the opportunity to either play in a tournament like this that's organized or even just go out with your buddies and do it. Like one of the guys I was playing with said that he and his buddies took a trip to like Bandon or the coast or Central Oregon, some some cool golf destination in Oregon. And they said that the first night they got there, it was like twilight and they decided to do a nine holer with a one club. And he said it was the highlight of the trip. You know, everyone was just having a good time. There was it was happy hours. So they were having beers out there and just goofing around with one club. You 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 do it in ninety minutes, and you just have a really a really good time with your buddies. So um, I yeah. I cannot recommend it enough. I have two quick questions before I move on. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, pace of play was it was it pretty quick? Because nobody is you know going back and forth between clubs. Yes, the only thing that slowed us down was because it's fall. There's a lot of leaves, and so sometimes oh. if you missed a fairway, it was it, it was quite a hunt for the ball. But I think yeah. I, I think we finished in four on four hours with a foursome for a tournament. It's that's pretty good in any format. That's pretty good. Okay. And last question: Did you play the same tees that like you would normally play in a tournament on that course, or did they move it up a little bit? So, I played a tournament at this course in the spring, and it was I, I think I think it was the Portland City Best Ball, and we played the blue tees, and the course played probably four to five hundred yards longer that day. I mean, mm-hmm. we teed off at eight o'clock on Thanksgiving weekend. So we were fortunate that it didn't rain, but the course was pretty soggy. So even though the course on the yardage was probably 6,100, it was a pretty long 6,100 considering you got no roll. You know, the ball would sink in the fairway. You had to dig it out and wipe it off to clean it up. And um, But yeah, I mean, for the time of year, it felt like we were playing the course we should have. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> it definitely does. Um, so... I think that pretty much does it for us on this episode, Nick. Um, as far as our schedule going forward, I think we're probably going to take the rest of the year off and come back when the the uh, Hawaii swing starts. I'm kind of asking this because we, we actually haven't discussed this yet. <laughs> yeah, it's news to me. I thought we were doing another one next week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we got some holidays coming up, uh, hopefully some family time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll return. We'll, we'll let this Tiger episode soak in for a while before we uh, – put out a new one i mean i can't really imagine anything more important than this happening in the month of december uh as far as golf is concerned so yeah i think we just we just let this one sit we all just bask in the afterglow of tiger woods and everything he did i'm 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 very excited i have seen this movie before it does look a little (laughs) bit different tiger whatever you do don't go to abu dhabi like that just feels like the wrong move for him it's where he got hurt last year like i know 
it's turning Greatest down. Season always comes to an end. It seems like <laughs> yeah, in February. But I mean, you know, <laughs> it's two million bucks that you just have to say no to. Tiger doesn't need two million bucks. Dude's doing yeah. okay. Yeah, I think we'll let Tiger's schedule dictate at the turn schedule for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I think that starts playing like you know between Christmas and New Year's. You better believe there's going to be a new podcast. <laughs> As it should be, Tiger dictating what we do. Well. Uh, I want to thank all of you for listening. Just a reminder, vicegolf.com. Use promo code TURN at the checkout. You're going to get free shipping to anywhere in these United States of America. Nick, uh, we'll talk soon. Happy holidays, buddy. Happy holidays. I want to give one more quick shout out. My wife is running her first marathon one week from today, the Honolulu Marathon. So um, congrats to her. She's put in a ton of training, and now it's just basically time to go out and get it done. So, um Congrats to her. Shout out. Way to go, Ashley. Folks, we'll see you next time. Have a Merry Christmas. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.